0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. Whatever type of company you work with. And laugh, yes, let's have some fun along the way. Well, hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host of the world of commercial real estate. Thanks for being with us today. Well, today we'll focus on asset management and property management strategies. After this real estate-based recession we just endured, and, and now a tough recovery period, we've all seen the importance of effective management. So we have a hot topic today. Hot topic. That's that's better than a hot pocket, right? <laughs> <That is
1: delicious.
0: laughs> have, you had a, have you had a hot pocket? Tyler, can you hand me that hot pocket with the bacon, egg, donut, jalapeno, <laughs> and cream right there? Uh, Tyler Plank is our producer for the commercial real estate. Say hello, Tyler.
2: Hello, everybody.
0: We try to keep him behind the scenes. You know, that keeps the groupie counts down, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's already hard to get out of the studio after the show with all the screaming fans, right? Well, maybe if I quit the illegal parking in the handicapped spot, you know, the... Screaming will stop you know, when, I, when I leave the studio. You think? Well, speaking of spam, <laughs> spam, well, speaking of fans, you may be a fan of our guests. After the show, uh, we have assembled some of the leading management minds in the industry. And before we get to the management talent, let's look at the current vacancy situation for the various property sectors in the U.S. Uh, joining us from Chicago is Victor Kalinog, director of research with Reese, Is back to the show. Victor has a PhD in applied economics and management sciences an MBA in finance, and an MA in business and public policy. Reese has been a trusted provider of commercial real estate performance and analysis for 25 years. Victor, thanks for joining us again.
3: Michael, I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, thank you. and we'll help us get a handle on this uh, current market. And uh, let's, let's start with the uh, office properties. How did vacancy rates trend for office properties across the nation in 2010?
3: Now, probably it's not going to be a surprise to you guys, but the stress is continuing through 2000. The stress continued through 2010, but at a more measured rate than the devastation that we experienced in 2009. Vacancies rose from 17% at the end of 2009 to around 17.6% by the end of 2010. But what's heartening about those results is it actually pretty much flattened out by the third quarter. In other words, fourth quarter is trending flat at 17.6% as well. In fact, in the fourth quarter, we recorded about 2.5 million square feet of positive absorption. In other words, occupied stock actually increased for the first time since the end of 2007 both asking and effective rents actually increased slightly from 0.1% and 0.2% respectively. That kind of shows that although we're not yet in the middle of really robust recovery, we seem to be hitting the bottom, at least for this specific sector.
0: Well, good. So a little bit of positive sign. So uh, that, that light at the end of the tunnel is not a train then?
3: <laughs> I don't think so. Interestingly enough, if, if you really take a look at the glass half full, sure, I'm not going to understate the distress that office properties went through in 2009. It was a horrible time. In New York, effective rents, for example, fell by close to 20%. That's more than twice the magnitude than effective rents fell in the 12 months following 9-11. So mm-hmm. the massive pullback in demand that characterized this recession really hit office properties quite a bit. But I think as we mentioned, when, the, when I was on your show the last time was the office sector was really entering this downturn with a much more favorable supply condition in other words we really weren't building that many office buildings from 2004 to 2008 or so and that just means that we have less of a supply glut to deal with it could have been much worse Uh, if it turns out that our forecasts are right that we show tepid but positive rent growth in 2011 that means we endured about two years of rent drops 2009 to 2010. I mean, that's far better than the four years of rent drops that we endured from 2001 to to to, to 2004. So glass half full, you might stop believing that I'm an economist here, but yeah, I, I'm kind of seeing a little bit of recovery along the way.
0: That's good. And well, what about the uh, different property types in the office environment? Uh, what about office properties uh, in the central business districts and suburban properties? Have you seen any uh, differences there?
3: Yeah, interestingly enough, what we're seeing is, is uh, really a, both a downturn and a recovery that's centered towards a better performing property type in downtown markets or central business districts. Uh, it started off the recession with rather uh, lower vacancies and right now we're at around 14.5% for CBD properties and about 19.1% for properties in suburban areas. Wow. In fact, of the 135 million square feet of occupied space went vacant from 2007 to the end of 2010, a good 70% of that came from suburban office space. So a lot of the distress really was concentrated in suburban office markets. Of course, one reason for this, of course, is that a lot of product was built in suburban office markets during this point in time, starting for the mid-90s, actually. It's just hard to build in a lot of downtown areas where land is more constrained. But with that said, I think I want to just... You fold it back into occupied space, going vacant, really meaning jobs being lost. So for the first time in U.S. history, starting in around 2008, 2009 or so, there are now more poor people in suburbs than there are in CBDs. So it's qualitatively different to be poor in a suburban area uh, than it is to be poor in cities. You at least have infrastructure like train stations to have a roof over your head. But if you're poor in the suburbs, you probably live in tent cities and you'll probably have to travel <laughs> 25 miles to the nearest soup kitchen.
4: So
3: There's social policy concerns here, and more more than just space going vacant.
0: Yeah, I guess that's uh, had an effect on the apartment markets. Uh, you know, Have apartments fared better in 2010?
3: Yeah, interestingly enough, apartment markets were really the outperformers this time around. Even though job creation was pretty tepid and most people were disappointed with GDP growth in this recovery, vacancies for the apartment sector fell from 8% to 6.6%. We absorbed over 225,000 units throughout the year. That is the strongest positive absorption figure or increase in occupied stock in 21 years. So I guess you might, I mean, rents pretty much grew, both asking and effective, for four straight quarters. So I guess you might ask, hey, if job growth was pretty tepid, where are these renters coming from, right? Right. Uh, The explanation really is that the renter population, I mean, the the proportion of folks who are more likely to be renters versus buyers, really made up the majority of gains in terms of job creation. Of the 909,000 jobs or so that the Bureau of Labor Statistics says was created in 2010, Give me a guess as to what percentage was captured by folks within the age group of 20 to 34 years. Most of them. Most of them, 65%. Think Uh about that. Now, most of these guys are going to be renters. They're not going to be in a hurry to buy a single-family home, given that expectations for single-family home prices still seem to be somewhat deflationary. They're not going to be in a hurry to put a big down payment if they're just – taking on new jobs at this point in time, and if mortgage rates seem to be staying fairly low. So the decline in home ownership rate from about 69% in 2005 through the 66% that we're seeing right now is really benefiting multifamily.
0: Well, Victor, let's talk about retail properties for a moment. Uh, how rough is the road there?
3: Now, this is the sector that we were somewhat pessimistic about uh, when we started this downturn, just because, unlike the office sector, uh, there really wasn't any shortage in building for the retail market. And it looks like, unfortunately, these expectations are being borne out. Uh, vacancies continued to rise for strip malls, 10.6 to 10.9 percent through 2010. Uh, we are very close to the historic record of 11.1 um, percent, which we last hit in 1990. So we're actually fully expect the sector to break that record sometime this year, 2011.
0: Wow, so you think it may get a little worse for retail around
3: the country. The thing is, the fate of the retail market is somewhat tied to the fate of single-family homes. There are many retail centers that were built in communities that sprung up during the housing boom. And basically retailers thought that there's going to be a captive market here of homeowners except they turned out to be people flipping their homes and or people who've been foreclosed upon or are sitting in homes which are underwater so these aren't people who are going to be spending a whole lot in these retail centers a lot of them are sitting vacant and a lot of them are actually still coming online a good fifty to one hundred percent vacant so we're still seeing some distress in this sector Uh, now with that said that's probably an opportunity for retail tenants who really want to lock in long-term leases at uh, rent levels that we last saw four or five years ago. That's how how far rents have dropped for retail. Right.
0: Well, I hope the lack of construction uh, helps that uh, market stabilize sooner than we think. Uh, When do you think that market will show signs of a more solid recovery with retail
3: properties? hopefully sometime later this year or maybe early 2012 so we're not that far either from uh, what we perceive to be a bottoming of the retail market now even if it bottoms unfortunately until we see better job growth and better economic growth on the macro scale uh, we're probably going to be hugging that bottom for quite a while it's not going to be a v-shaped recovery uh,
0: what what will help the uh, retail market the most uh, recover quick more quickly
3: Well, return in consumer confidence is certainly key. Uh, The retail sales fell in January, but no surprise. That's due to seasonal factors because of the weather. But really, as as soon as jobs are created and as soon as aggregate demand ramps up, that's really what's going to drive consumer confidence. Right now, equity markets seem to be going It seem to be doing well well maybe not yesterday maybe not today but it's partly because of government support like quantitative easing take that back uh, you, you're not quite sure whether consumers are really confident about the recovery so okay. as soon as jobs are created and as soon as economic growth actually ramps up we should see a little bit more consumer confidence come in and that's going to serve retail tenants quite well
0: well victor our time is up we sure appreciate uh, you joining us today
3: Appreciate your time, Michael.
0: Thank you. We'll talk to you next time. If you like more market information from Reese, you can access their website and contact information at commercialrealestateshow.com. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. We'll meet our management talent. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show on Biz 1190. Always
5: right on the money. Biz 1190 weather.
6: As we head through the overnight hours, it's shaping up to be a very quiet one out there. In fact, we'll see mostly clear skies dropping our lows down into the low 20s. Saturday, plenty of sunshine. Beautiful day out there. High temperatures right around the low to mid 50s. And how about this weekend? Looking nice as well as we'll see another round of sunshine for Sunday and into Monday. High temperatures pushing 60 degrees. That's well above average for this time of the year so we can finally say goodbye to the snow. I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Williams from Biz 1190.
7: Attention Atlanta. Your neighbors are talking about it. Your co-workers are talking about it. Even your broker is talking about it. Phil, thank you very much. I personally want to thank you for saving me a
4: fortune at the end of old five when I got out of real estate. Hey Phil, so I'm a big fan of you a great teacher. Thank and you. I never miss your show and if the house is on fire, I don't leave till the show is over. <laughs> You've been uh, really great for me. I've, I've been with you for about five years and I've just
8: moved to a new level of trading.
7: Now is the time for you to find out what everybody is talking about. About. Join Phil Grandy and Phil's Gang weekdays. Find out what Wall Street and the government doesn't want you to know. Only at Phil's Gang will you get up to the minute concrete market information and timely interviews.
4: Mr. Speaker, how are you? Good. Thank you very much. It's an honor to have you on our program. Well, I'm delighted to be with you, Congresswoman. Thank you, Captain. blessed Thank to you have so you. Much. Good afternoon, Congressman. Thank you. Good afternoon. 3 to 4
7: on Atlanta's Business Radio, 1190 WAFS. And on the web at Phil'sGang.com.
4: battlefield there's a saying america's military men and women live by never leave a fallen warrior behind ever off the battlefield wounded warrior project operates with the same goal we leave no warrior behind wounded warrior project is a non-profit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war whether those scars are physical or mental we're here to make sure that they heal And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again or giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals. Because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org.
5: Are you a lender looking to sell foreclosed properties? Are you an investor looking to acquire foreclosed properties? Then this is for you. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, president and founder of Bull Realty Incorporated. Bull Realty is selling foreclosed properties across the nation and all around Atlanta. If you're a lender, there's never been a better source to sell foreclosed properties. I guarantee results. If you're an investor, there's never been a better time to act. Bull Realty is selling all types of commercial properties, apartment complexes, shopping centers, office properties, and land. Experience why 74 lenders and servicers utilize Bull Realty to sell commercial properties. And you're invited to call me personally. A specialized team designed to accomplish your mission is available now. Visit BullRealty.com and call 404-876-1640. That's BullRealty.com and call 404 876 1640 Bull Realty, proven commercial performance.
8: The Commercial Real Estate Show is sponsored in part by Arnold Golden Gregory, Attorneys at Law. With 60 years of tradition in serving the real estate needs in Atlanta, our 130 attorneys share a simple philosophy. We don't just tell you if something is possible, we show you how to make it happen. This requires creative thinking, unique knowledge of the market, and a commitment to efficiency qualities that our clients say make all the difference. The real estate practice of Arnold Golden Gregory understands the Atlanta market and has forged relationships with brokers, bankers, developers, and investors to support the legal needs of our clients. Whether acquiring a small retail center or negotiating a complex joint venture for a new downtown development, companies turn to Arnold Golden Gregory for their real estate needs. For information on Arnold Golden Gregory and how we can help you, visit us online at agg.com. That's agg.com.
0: Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're covering asset and property management strategies. Let's meet our expert panel. First, please welcome Harry Conley. Harry is a certified property manager with 30 years' experience. He is president and CEO of Fifth Street Management based in Atlanta, Georgia, which he founded in 2002. Did you found the state or the company? Both. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Fifth Street manages over 5 million square feet of Class A office, corporate facilities, and high-rise condominiums. Harry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Also please welcome Ron Goss. Ron is a certified property manager and he is the 2011 president of the Institute of Real Estate Management. Hello, Mr. President. Ron also serves as president of RPM Management Company based in Arkansas and vice president, principal broker, and member of the board of directors of Rector Phillips Morse Incorporated. Ron, welcome to the show.
9: Thank you, Michael.
0: It's nice to have the president here. Also, with us is Beth Machen. Beth is a certified property manager, and she is the 2011 Secretary Treasurer of the Institute of Real Estate Management. Beth is also president of Charlotte, North Carolina based Machen Advisory Group, where she oversees the firm's portfolio of office, retail, mixed use, showroom, and industrial properties. Beth, welcome to the show.
10: Thank you, Michael.
0: Well, let's get to to the subject of property management. Let's put it in perspective. Uh, Just how big is the property management business?
9: Well, uh, according to the latest info, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they say there's a probably around 151,000 property managers in the United States. And according to the U.S. Census Bureau, there's about uh, 53,240 property management establishments in the United States. So it's it's a fairly large business, and it's one of which uh, Irem is heavily involved in as far as because our members manage approximately two trillion dollars worth of uh, assets is
0: the is the industry growing or is it going kind to of stable in size
9: well the industry is growing because more opportunities we're seeing every day of brokers that have not been doing so well in the uh, in the brokerage business are coming to property management as means of uh, support and means of uh, future business, I think, uh, in, in the industry. So economic times are, are bringing us closer to uh, more growth as far as our industry is concerned. Well, as
0: a broker, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> well, oh, Harry, let's get to the responsibility of management of building and put that in perspective. If you take a typical 500,000 square foot office building, what do you see when you look at it?
11: Well, we take a different view at properties probably than, than the, the average person. We see a building that size and we see about 100 miles of electric wiring, about 1,500 dual pane windows and 16,000 uh, light bulbs. So we kind of break it down into the components and, and say, there's the job for us.
0: So next time I look at a high-rise building, I'll start seeing miles of. Uh, Don't do uh, it, Michael. <laughs> you'll get
11: confused. Just <laughs> leave it alone, buddy. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the impact. Uh, how can property management impact the commercial real estate assets
11: marketability and valuation, uh, Harry? Well, first off, it, it is property management's responsibility to positively enhance the marketability and value of the property. That's our number one objective in working for our owners and our and our investors. So that's well, your that's your job, uh, Ron. What else?
9: Well, as as you look at it, and Harry's absolutely correct. When you look when you look at what we do as real estate managers, we take that property and use that expertise that we have gained over the years through education, through experience, and apply the marketing uh, and evaluation of that building to try to determine what makes that building tick. And how can we use that information to make that asset more valuable, stabilize it, and make it more valuable for our, for our uh, customers, as well as our clients, as well as the tenants that, uh, that work in that building?
0: Well, it's uh, become more important these days, obviously, with the economy of, of having proper management and, and having talented management people. Well, let's talk about the organization of that responsibility. Uh, what are the typical components of a proper management plan, uh, Beth?
10: Uh, Michael, there, there are several different components, and you you start with your regional analysis, then you drill down to a neighborhood analysis, then you look at that particular property and do an analysis of that particular building or property. Um, you look at all the different alternatives. Um, do you want to do a change of use for the building, operational changes? Then you get down to the nitty gritty with the cost benefit analysis, and once you analyze all those different areas, then you come up with your conclusion and your recommendation to the owner for what is the best use for that building and what's the best operation, where they can um, make the most of that building
9: for the owner.
0: Ron, anything else to add to that?
9: Well, it, it comes down also to analyzing, as, as Beth had indicated, analyzing your market and determining what your competition is doing and how you can create sometimes your own niche as far as, as what is best for that building and what's going to make that building more profitable for your clients.
11: Harry, anything else in a management well, plan? Yeah, at the, kind of at the uh, nuts and bolts level of that, after you've done your market comp study and survey and got a, a consensus of direction for the asset with your owners and investors, uh, you look at our, at the quality of the people, the caliber of the company that you're working with, uh, what professional level of, of the management component do you have? What technology is supporting that? And what's the culture of excellence and responsiveness that you're employing there at the management level?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess you got to know what what they want and and figure out a plan to do it. And uh, you guys know how to do that. Well, let's talk about the accounting and reporting. Uh, What are the most popular software programs that uh, you see you guys are using that clients like to see? Uh, Ron, what do you
9: Well, as as, as we travel around, we see, of course, different companies using different types of accounting software and and management software. Typically the most popular that I'm seeing that people use are are Yardi, uh, MRI, uh, Timberline. Uh, There are various others, but i think in the whole scheme of things and from those companies that I've visited with uh, this year and last year that uh, those are probably the the most popular uh, software programs.
11: Michael, I'd I'd add that uh, what's really taken place, too, in the last uh, decade is the web-enabled access to these state-of-the-art programs so that really at any level, uh, when you look at a property management firm, uh, regardless of size, they can deliver a world-class service platform through these these different ones because they they all are web-accessed and and enabled.
0: Exactly. Well, great. Well, what other uh, management resources are out there? For owners and uh, managers, for asset property
11: and facility management, uh,
0: are there other other uh, tools and websites and things out there? Harry, start. Us?
11: Well, there's a variety of, of organizations that are uh, trade specific in this industry, and of course, I, I better start with IRM, or I think I'll yes. get a, a shout out from the, the guys in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, the president's here. Uh, yeah, there. I got him on the line here. By the way, I am a CPM. I don't think you said that at the beginning. I didn't. I, I'm I probably one I of the oldest CPMs still working in the industry. Um, But uh, anyway, IRAM, BOMA, IFMA, and ASHRAE come to mind, and those have been around for a long time and have a wealth of resources. More recently, the importance of the uh, United States Green Building Council uh, and the Energy Star websites. Those are absolutely critical to what we do these days. Well, we're getting
0: uh, close to the break. Uh, Ron, Beth, any other uh, resources?
9: Well, well I, I think also if you go to IREM.org, you can find a lot of links that will take you to green initiatives, uh, job opportunities, and, and legislative issues. And there's so many links on the IREM.org and Iram First that can lead you to other sources of education and information and all the different things that you can do. So, yeah, there, there, there's some valuable resources out there. And that's on IREMfirst.org.
0: Great. All right, we have to take a short break. We'll be right back to lead, learn, and laugh with you. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show on Biz 1190, always right on the money.
7: Join Biz 1190 and Bill's Gang weekday afternoons at 3 for eye-opening insight into the stock market, the kind of information that Wall Street doesn't want you to have. Bill's Gang at 3, here on Biz 1190, always right on the money.
12: Who's there? What do you want? Mary! Show yourself, or I'll... Mary! It's me, Sam! Sam? You're fading. I can barely see you. I know.
7: It started with an email I got from
6: a website. They promised me a huge tax refund.
12: Oh, Sam, you didn't. Yes, I gave them my social security number. And now they're stealing my identity. Behind this highly unlikely tale, there lies an all too scary truth. Beware of sites that promise huge refunds. If it sounds too good to be true, it's probably a scam. Instead, go to IRS.gov for reliable tax information. Oh, why'd you do it, Sam? The IRS never sends emails about your taxes. I'm <laughs> sorry, Mary. The site looks so real. www.irs.gov, the one place to go for all things taxes.
5: Are you influential in your company's location decisions? Would you like to secure the right space at the best price in the most favorable terms? Then this is for you. Hello, my name is Michael Bull, President and Founder of Bull Realty Incorporated. The location cost and terms associated with real estate can dramatically affect your company's bottom line. Bull Realty Corporate Services places the power of market knowledge and transaction experience on your side of the table. Office, medical, retail or industrial, each corporate services team specializes in one property type. They know the properties, they know the owners. and they know the market. Experience why this year alone over 150 companies, including law firms and even real estate companies, have utilized Bull Realty corporate services to renew their leases and locate new facilities. You're invited to call me personally. A specialized team designed to accomplish your mission is available now. Visit Bullrealty.com and call 404 876 1640. That's Bullrealty.com 404 876 1640. Bull Realty, proven commercial performance.
2: Hartman, Simons & Wood is a commercial real estate law firm with a different perspective. Our approach, our value, and our responsibility define a team of legal advisors with a track record of client success. Businesses of all sizes can count on our attorneys for sound, practical, and effective legal solutions. We are not adding value to your bottom line, and we are not doing our job as your business partner. At Hartman-Simons, we represent national and regional developers, investors, financial institutions, lenders, and tenants specializing in multifamily, office, retail, mixed-use, and Industrial projects throughout the United States. With our extensive network of strategic alliances and industry experts, your business growth is our business goal. We provide high quality legal representation at a competitive cost tailored to meet each client's needs. Think of us as your in house counsel without the overhead or budget constraints. At Hartman Simons, we are more than just a law firm, we are your business partner. For more information, visit us on the web at www.hartmansimons.com. That's www.hartmansimons.com.
7: Join Biz 1190 every weekday morning at 10 for Bloomberg's In Business with breaking news and exclusive interviews, keeping you up to date on the latest financial information from around the globe.
4: It's Business Radio. That's always right on the
7: money. This is Biz 1190.
0: Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. I have a present for you. You can listen to some informative shows on major commercial real estate topics anytime you like. The Commercial Real Estate Show podcasts are available on iTunes, and they're available at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. There are some lightning shows there for you, like the Hotel and Lodging Show, uh, the Single Tenant Net Lease Industry Show. And the REIT show was very good and many others. So be sure and uh, catch all those shows that you have a chance to. Uh, Today we're discussing management strategies with Harry Conley, President and CEO of Fifth Street Management, and uh, Ron Goss, the 2011 President of the Institute of Real Estate Management, and Beth Machen, the 2011 Secretary-Treasurer of the Institute of Real Estate Management. Well, uh, you know, talking about real estate these days, we got to talk about the market. The commercial real estate market has been challenging, uh, to say the least, for the last three years. You know, asset and property management skills have become center stage and extremely important to owners trying to make it through the downturn. So, you know, let, let's talk about that. And uh, first of all, let, let's, what's it doing to managers and what's it doing to management companies in and, and, and kind of a more
11: personal level? How has the downturn affected uh, the management business, uh, Harry? Well, I think besides the fact that that we're seeing a dramatic increase in the use of antacids uh, in the the property (laughs) management offices, uh, that's definitely gone up. I think there's just been a huge amount of increase in uh, communications directly with the owners and the institutional uh, investors. Uh, Property managers are finding that owners and investors want to be more engaged at the grassroots level of property management and what's going on at the property level.
0: And, Ron, what are you seeing with your members and, uh, and your folks uh, kind of more on the personal level in the business? How has it affected them?
9: Well, on a personal level, that Michael, I, I can see that a lot of our members have lost their jobs because of uh, real estate companies cutting back, especially a lot of the larger companies. Uh, we're seeing in a lot of situations where companies and our IRA members, that, for, for whom they work, are, are doing more with less people. And as a result of that, the stress of doing an, a, a good job for our investors and clients and trying to do that with a, additional properties, additional assets that you're trying to handle is, uh, is as, as Harry said, I think uh, causing an increase in the, in the amount of purchases of antacids and, and <laughs> medicines and all the different things that we're having to deal with.
10: So, Beth, Beth, what are you seeing? Well, I'm seeing a lot of the same things, but I, I also see where – companies are branching out and maybe taking on some um, uh, activities that they didn't do in the past. Perhaps they may be forming a maintenance department. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps they may be doing some consulting work with lead projects or sustainability and energy efficiencies within buildings. You're just having to be a little more creative these days on offering services to the owners. Um, and I agree with you, Harry, they are much more involved. And I think they really are looking for the experienced managers um, who are credentialed, who have been around the block a couple of times and have seen a down market before.
0: Well, another aspect of uh, the downturn in the market has been working with lenders, and some lenders hire receivers uh, to protect the asset's value rather than or or prior to foreclosing on a property in some states. What is the difference between property management and receiver assignments, uh, Ron?
9: Well, when we are approached by a lender and we're asked to take over as a receiver that property or when it goes into foreclosure for whatever reason, we've had properties going into foreclosure because they couldn't, couldn't make debt service. We've had some going to foreclosure simply because they were not able to, uh, to pay other aspects or, or responsibilities as far as the expenses were concerned. But as a receiver, the court appoints the receiver to handle this property in the interim before it becomes really foreclosed and then the lender takes it back. That's typically a six month uh, ordeal. But our responsibility is taking over that property. At that point, when that uh, receivership position is open or closed, rather, and the uh, courts release the receiver from that position, then that agreement, you're working directly for the lender or the person that has purchased that asset at that point in time. So you become a management company at that point in time, and that transition is really not dramatic, but it is a transition.
0: Okay, so some receivers are actually management companies.
9: It, 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 you work as a receiver, you either hire, or if you have a management company under your receivership, then you are able to do both of those functions at the same time but then one of the functions, the receivership goes away when the court releases you. Okay.
0: All right. Well, in a minute, we're going to get to the, the really good stuff, the big issues, uh, the best solutions, the best practices. You, know, you guys are in the trenches. Uh, you're dealing with the issues yourself. Uh, you're training and, and coaching your peers as well. So so we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to get to, to the meat of the sandwich here and, uh, and share that with you. We'll be right back with more information for you. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show on Biz 1190. Always right on the money.
7: Biz 1190, weather.
6: Through the overnight hours, it's shaping up to be a very quiet but very nice night slash early morning. As we'll see clear skies, our low temperatures dropping down in the low 20s. Saturday, how about this? You've got to like it. We'll see lots of sunshine. High temperatures in the low to mid 50s. With sunny skies again on Sunday, highs around sixty. And if that wasn't nice enough, guess what? Monday and Tuesday, we'll see more weather around 60 degrees. I'm Chief Meteorologist at Ren Williams for Biz 1190.
1: Attention, parents of young children. The following is a partial list of things that are probably happening in your backseat that you are completely unaware of. A food item is probably being stuffed into a crack. A strange sticky substance is being spread everywhere. Deep, sustained nasal exploration. Someone is probably making faces. Hitting. Hitting back. The cleaning of muddy shoes. (laughs) farting. Something is probably spilling. Gum is lodging in hair. And your kids are probably riding in car seats that are being used incorrectly. In fact, three out of four kids are not as safe as they should be. But the latch system is in most cars and makes it easier to get it right. Just attach the top tether and the lower anchors. The ones down near the old sandwich and the melted down crayons. Anchor, Tether, Ratch, the next generation of child safety. A message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council.
12: Run! Save yourself! It's coming! Frankie, what's wrong with you? The April tax deadline is getting so close! And I haven't even started my paperwork! Oh, no! Pardon all the drama, but if you've waited until the last minute to do your taxes... There's a better alternative to pure panic. Just go to www.irs.gov, your reliable source for all things taxes. Get a grip, Frankie! We'll figure it out. But the forms, the math it's terrifying! Ah! That's www.irs.gov, where you'll find all the information you need, like how to e-file your taxes so you don't miss that April deadline. All the forms are there, too, including the 4868, the one you need to file for an extension. See, Frankie? There is hope. We're going to make it.
5: Are you a lender looking to sell foreclosed properties? Are you an investor looking to acquire foreclosed properties? Then this is for you. Hello, I'm Michael Ball, president and founder of Bull Realty Incorporated. Bull Realty is selling foreclosed properties across the nation and all around Atlanta. If you're a lender, there's never been a better source to sell foreclosed properties. I guarantee results. If you're an investor, there's never been a better time to act. Bull Realty is selling all types of commercial properties. Apartment complexes, shopping centers, office properties, and land. Experience why 74 lenders and servicers utilize Bull Realty to sell commercial properties and you're invited to call me personally. A specialized team designed to accomplish your mission is available now. Visit BullRealty.com and call 404-876-1640. At BullRealty.com and call 404-876-1640. Bull Realty, proven commercial performance.
8: The Commercial Real Estate Show is sponsored in part by Arnold Golden Gregory, Attorneys at Law. With 60 years of tradition in serving the real estate needs in Atlanta, our 130 attorneys share a simple philosophy. We don't just tell you if something is possible, we show you how to make it happen. This requires creative thinking, unique knowledge of the market, and a commitment to efficiency, qualities that our clients say make all the difference. The real estate practice of Arnold Golden Gregory understands the Atlanta market and has forged relationships with brokers, bankers, developers, and investors to support the legal needs of our clients. Whether acquiring a small retail center or negotiating a complex joint venture for a new downtown development, companies turn to Arnold Golden Gregory for their real estate needs. For information on Arnold, Golden, Gregory and how we can help you, visit us online at agg.com. That's agg.com. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Catchy. Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If I'm laughing, it's because Harry is dancing. And uh, Catchy tune there, Michael. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we're discussing asset and property management strategies. Uh, what is your opinion about the discussions today? Let us know your thoughts. Now, joining the conversation with us at LinkedIn. Look for the group Commercial Real Estate Show. Uh, join the group and join the conversation. Our guests today are Harry Connolly, President CEO of Fifth Street Management. Ron Goss, the 2011 President of the Institute of Real Estate Management. Beth Machen, the 2011 Secretary-Treasurer of the Institute of Real Estate Management. And uh, let's get to uh, the effects of this marketplace. You know, there's uh, it's been a tough time. Uh, you guys are in the trenches. You're dealing with the issues yourselves your training, coaching your peers as well. Uh, What are some of the top management and operation issues impacting building operations
11: right now, Uh, Harry? Well, I'd say the top three operational issues in this order would be operating expense reduction, operating expense reduction, and operating (laughs) expense reduction. Okay.
0: Uh, What can you add to that, Beth?
10: Um, Well, we have scanned all of our membership, and we've come up with the top ten issues not only for buildings but also – with management companies, and uh, right up there at the top is building operating efficiency, as, as Harry had noted. We've got capital availability, technology, and marketing, tenant demands, uh, the demographic impacts, property workouts, and you know there's government in- intervention that's it's always out there. Sustainability is a huge issue these days, and also reputation management uh, mm-hmm. for firms now is critical, especially now that we're all on in the social um,
9: networking.
0: That's interesting. Ron, what else can you add?
9: Well, I, th- I think that pretty well covers everything, but if you look at uh, the expenses that you're building, how you can keep the credibility of that of that asset in place and still find places to reduce your, uh, your expenses. And we're finding that probably sustainability and green is, is an important part of... What we have to start working towards, because we realize it's a real issue that future tenants and to retain tenants, it becomes important.
0: Well, it's important that we do a lot of uh, um, uh, tenant rep work in the Atlanta market, and I know a lot of the buildings are are getting out to us and say, "Look, we're healthy, we're well, we have tenant improvement dollars, we have commission dollars. Don't be afraid to bring your uh, tenants over there." Uh, well, what types of things can management do in this cycle uh, to stabilize properties and to improve property performance, uh, Ron?
9: Well, it's it's always been in our business to pay attention to the details, and looking at the operation of a building or a property or an asset, making sure that uh, every possible way that you can control those expenses. And there's some expenses you have no control over, but if you take the right steps, and again, I brought up green earlier, uh, it is so important that you are able to install or implement those issues or those initiatives that can help you in the long run with a quick payback and uh, can bring in those tenants and help a, a decrease your expenses as far as your electrical, as far as your lighting, as far as your HVAC, and all those different issues that are so important. Those are the focusing things that we, we deal with on a regular basis.
0: And Beth, you mentioned social media a moment ago. Are, 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 what are some of the new things that uh, managers, are, are you seeing them do and try to do in the marketplace to uh, help property performance?
10: Well, I, I don't know that it's um, new, but I see a lot of properties now who actually have their own web page, their own website, where tenants can go in and log in any issues that they have, maintenance issues uh, that are turned around fairly quickly. Managers can go onto the website and actually post what's going on in the building, if there are any renovations uh, that are going on, give you an update of what's going on in the community. It's a great way to reach out to your tenants because this younger generation uh, really likes to be... Right on real time, and they want to see what's happening in the environment where they they work. So we're trying to um, provide them a, a venue for that. Um, I, I know a lot of most all companies now are connected with LinkedIn and um, um, Facebook pages, and. All sorts of different avenues there. There's some that I don't even know about that are out there on the social networking scene. Uh,
0: I guess the president's trying to reach me. I told him not to call me during the taping of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
9: that's understandable. <laughs> I, I think we, you gotta, you got to be aware.
0: You be aware. <laughs> Obama needs quick call calling me. What else do you have there, On
9: Let me focus in on one thing that yeah. we're finding is very difficult. Our, our marketing and issues and things like that, we're, we're looking at marketing a whole different way. We're looking through that social media to do that marketing, to, to approach, approach different companies. But there's also a problem with social media that you realize that comments can be made on Craigslist or whatever that social media is that uh, may be a negative com- comment. So that's something we're having to deal with. Also, as far as dealing with the social media, has become right. a big thing that we have to deal with. We have we have to work with. Yeah.
10: That plays into that reputation management. Exactly, that we we're talking
0: about. Yeah, you got to you got to pay attention, right, Harry? What else can you add to that?
11: Well, <clears throat> that's the biggest issue, particularly in the multifamily uh, environment, where uh, that skip, that set of of customers and and tenants are particularly tuned in to the social media. They look for their new Uh, residents through that media and they do pay attention to what the uh, comments are so more and more one of the skill sets that your property management firm has to have is how do you effectively manage uh, that component of your marketing effort
0: yeah and the young people they don't want to talk to anybody anymore right they just want
11: yeah and they love posting whether it's good or bad so there's a lot of a lot of information coming across well let's talk what do you have there on
9: no, nothing. I'm saying that's absolutely correct. You've yeah. got
0: to be very careful. Well, uh, tenant retention is important for all property types, as, as you mentioned. And what
11: are some of the latest best practices in tenant retention these days, uh, Harry? Well, it, it ties uh, great with the last question, which is really communication and, and the use of, of different formats to do that. The, no question, as Beth said, that the the web-enabled communication systems, particularly in our larger uh, multi-tenant uh, office buildings uh, is a backbone of communication for all of our tenants. We, we put notices out uh, on building issues, building procedures. Uh, we, we transmit uh, successes in the property, such as uh, energy reduction, Uh, Strategies and progress toward lead certification, those kind of things that tenants are interested in, and it helps them have a better sense of satisfaction about the place that they work in.
0: Well, all property types can uh, save a lot of money, and there's a cost uh, by keeping existing tenants. So we're going to dip into this a little more. We're going to have to take a a quick break. Uh, We'll be right back. Your source for commercial real estate market knowledge and resources. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show on Biz 1190. Always right on the money.
7: From the desk of Chief Meteorologist Aaron Williams, listen for Biz 1190 Weather.
6: A few more clouds, a little bit more instability in the atmosphere for today.
7: Reports you can rely on. Rain or shine on the only station in Atlanta that's always right on the money.
5: From Wall Street. But we have a pro-growth agenda. Part of the agenda is growing exports. They're central to our future.
7: To Main Street.
6: The trickle-down effect could hit your
4: portfolio.
7: We've got you coming. We've got you covered. Biz 1190, the latest numbers from the market.
4: Every recovery begins with a surge and then sort of throttles back. Housing
7: and real estate. And
4: I believe the people who have created these problems Mm -hmm. need to be the ones who pay for these problems.
7: The job market and your retirement.
4: Our imperative was to stop that freefall and reverse direction. Get our economy moving and get jobs going.
7: Rely on Biz 1190 to bring you honest, in-depth analysis of everything money. Governments don't create jobs jobs, and our job as government is trying to make sure we're creating the conditions that allow businesses to prosper so they can hire people back. We are Biz 1190. We are Biz 1190. Always right on the money. When my parents got
2: divorced, I was in a position where I felt like I had to be there for my mother. She had a daughter going to college. She was trying to get her degree herself, uh, work, and uh, you know keep her family from falling apart.
12: Ben didn't know how to get the money he needed for college, and then he found out about federal student aid and the FAFSA.
2: I can actually remember walking into the kitchen, and my mom is there, and, and she's got the, you know, letter in front of her, and uh, I read through it and hear, you know, I, I've got my federal student aid award. I'm gonna go to school.
12: Federal student aid made college and Ben's dreams possible.
2: I think you can dream big and you can think about what you want to do with your life, but eventually you're going to have to, you know, build that bridge to the next step.
12: Need help planning and paying for college? Federal Student Aid has more than $150 billion to help you go to college. Learn more at college.gov.
2: My name is Ben, and this is my
5: story. Are you influential in your company's location decisions? Would you like to secure the right space at the best price and the most favorable terms? Then this is for you. Hello, my name is Michael Bull, president and founder of Bull Realty Incorporated. The location costs and terms associated with real estate can dramatically affect your company's bottom line. Bull Realty Corporate Services places the power of market knowledge and transaction experience on your side of the table. Office, medical, retail or industrial, each corporate services team specializes in one property type. They know the properties, they know the owners, and They know the market. Experience wide this year alone. Over 150 companies, including law firms and even real estate companies, have utilized Bull Realty corporate services to renew their leases and locate new facilities. You're invited to call me personally. A specialized team designed to accomplish your mission is available now. Visit BullRealty.com and call 404-876-1640. That's BullRealty.com, 404-876-1640. Bull Realty, proven commercial performance.
2: Hartman, Simons & Wood is a commercial real estate law firm with a different perspective. Our approach, our value, and our responsibility define a team of legal advisors with a track record of client success. Businesses of all sizes can count on our attorneys for sound, practical, and effective legal solutions. We are not adding value to your bottom lines, and we are not doing our job as your business partner. At Hartman-Simons, we represent national and regional developers, investors, financial institutions, lenders, and tenants specializing in multifamily, office, retail, mixed use, and industrial projects throughout the United States. With our extensive network of strategic alliances and industry experts, your business growth is our business goal. We provide high quality legal representation at a competitive cost, tailored to meet each client's needs. Think of us as your in house counsel without the overhead or budget constraints. At Hartman Simons, we are more than just a law firm. We are your business partner. For more information, visit us on the web at www.hartmanSimons.com. That's (laughs) www.hartmanSimons.com.
0: Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is a commercial real estate show. And dancing is allowed. <laughs> Today we're discussing management strategies. Strategies with Harry Conley, Ron Goss, and Beth Machen. Uh, let's get back to tenant retention. That is so important these days. Uh, Ron, what else are you seeing in the marketplace to help there?
9: Well, Michael, first of all, let me say I, I'm sorry that I'm not able to see Harry dancing. <laughs> I, I think that probably would be the it's highest ugly. Day. <laughs> Uh you know what we're finding with all the different things we've said, as far as paying attention to detail and running the, the building in an efficient way, it's an attitude of your tenants, whether it be multifamily or whether it be commercial office building, that you make them feel like they belong there, and that's so important as far as the communication efforts, as far as the relating to your tenants or your those people that are staying in your multifamily uh, housing, but we realize that it costs more to bring in a new tenant than it does to keep the tenant you've got. And that is so important as far as our business is concerned to recognize the fact that, that we want to make sure that we retain those individuals that are in our office buildings or in our multifamily properties. And that part of that is that communication and making them feel comfortable and making them feel like that's where they belong.
10: And, Beth, what are you seeing there? Yeah, The tenants are are king and queens now, and we have to just get back to basics and communicate, 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 and be sure that they are our top priority because, uh, like Ron said, if you have to replace one, not only do you lose revenue, but you have the tenant upfits that you have to incur the cost of. So um, if you're not taking care of your tenants, somebody's going to be looking for them and taking them away.
0: Somebody else is going to take them. Well, well you guys have been talking about going green, sustainability, LEED certification. How important is going, going green, and, and what are some of the options?
10: Um, Michael, I think it's critical that we all look at our properties and assess uh, their energy efficiencies. Uh, many of the folks in property management thought that was a fad. Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's, it's not a fad. It's here to stay. Um, we have to be sure they are as efficient as they can be, from the rooftops to the mechanical systems to the lighting to the water efficiency. and That doesn't mean that they all have to be lead properties. Uh, you can go through um, – Energy Star is a great place to start for property managers on their buildings. Some buildings will just do it one step at a time. They may have a three-year or a five-year plan as they replace units, as they have capital money available, then they will um, change over their building systems so they can become more efficient. But if you don't take the opportunity to do that now to your existing building inventory, you are clearly missing the boat because as tenants become more aware, they're going to demand the green buildings, whether they're LEED certified or just as green as they can be. It is, it is, I can't tell you how critical it is in our industry.
11: And, and, Harry, what are or some of the options there of going green? Well, we've, we started several years ago basically focusing on what we call low-hanging fruit, and there's so much in that arena, particularly as Beth has alluded to in, in the area of energy management. There's uh, hardly an expend, expenditure to a property that, that is more important to reducing your operating expenses than that. So in this case, uh, and in many cases, lead and sustainability initiatives are not mutually exclusive with your overall goal, of, of reducing operating expenses. Well, we can have
0: a whole show on this, and maybe we will one day, but we've got one minute left. Ron, tell us about education credentials and designations. What are some of the key ones?
9: Of course, IRAM is unique, Michael, in, its, in regard to it carries, it, it covers all pro- types of property, multifamily, commercial, industrial, all, all types of property. And the education that's so important is our gold star education. Some of the designations that we have is a certified property manager, the CPM, the ARM, which is the accredited residential manager, the ACOM, which is a, a fairly new, been in existence for a couple of years for a commercial uh, manager, and of course the AMO, which is the accredited management organization, is the top flight uh, firm-type designation for those companies that have reached that uh, pinnacle of education and experience and all the different aspects of, of real estate management. Uh, Typically, those people that achieve these uh, designations are those people that are top class in the in the industry in their profession. And uh, it's 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 enlightening to see that if you go to iram.org, you can find out more about the procedures and designations and what we go through.
0: Ron, Harry, Beth, thank you all so, for being with us today. Enjoyed it, Michael. Thank you. Can you join us next Saturday at 10? Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show on Biz 1190, always right
12: on the money.